0: Are you new to fatherhood? Not sure if you're dadding to your full potential? Well, you've come to the right place. Most dads aren't talking to each other about their lives as dads. Like it's some kind of secret. Well, this is the podcast that takes the secret out of fatherhood. This is not so secret dad's business. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to not so secret dad's business. I'm your host Nate Newman. You heard that right, Nate Newman. And I am here with my favorite raging raspberry hibiscus. Josh. <laughs> How are you, my man? I saw that post yesterday, saying, "Oh, what did you call me?" And I'm like, "That's
1: perfect, dude." That dude, what a great fucking intro. That you, you were right. You told me it was gonna be awesome, and it was. Yeah, I looked at him like. That's clearly something that you call somebody. I was like, what the fuck is this? I just saw it and thought it was fucking funny. Oh, my God, dude, that was awesome. What's been happening, man? Um, okay, so I'm going to kick us right in. I just have one curveball. Because we have a tendency to tangent. And I saw something today. And it popped up. And I want to give it to you. Are you fucking ready? I know you're sitting down. You better hold yourself down. Ready?
0: I'm strapped in.
1: I saw a update from Cora. Uh, I guess it's like a question and answer thing. My 15-year-old son destroyed his new PS5 because I didn't buy him a gaming PC. Should I give in or hold my ground and buy him another PS5 instead? What? Okay. Everyone listening, and you, you heard that, right? So the kid must have raged out and broke the PS5 that the mom bought him because it wasn't a gaming PC. So in response... She's like, what should I do? Should I just hold my ground and just buy him another one? What the fuck is going on? I don't know, dude. What kind of... If I would have broke something in a rage when I was a kid because I didn't get something else, I would be wearing my fucking teeth in my forehead.
0: Absolutely, man. There's
1: no fucking way. Where, Where is the respect? But then we live in a a day and age where, because that leads me into this. So that sent me down a rabbit hole, right? Because I was like, man, like, I know the parents are, are, are fucked up. Sometimes you got an asshole parent, you got an asshole kid. And I'm like, I wonder what else is going on. So I went on Google and searched kid sues parents because I was planning on putting in something else because I heard a story where a kid sued his parents because he grounded them for too long, okay? This is what people have searched Because it's happened. I put in Kid Sue's parents. I stopped and took a snapshot. I didn't find the fucking article I was looking for. Because what came up was Kid Sue's parents for being born. Besides the one where it actually happened, a kid sued his parents for the length of grounding and won. Okay? All right. The next one. Kid Sue's parents for being born white. What the fuck? These were all court cases that at least got to court. Like someone took the case and whether they walked in to fucking judge threw it out or whatever it was, this is going on now. Pa- kids, kids are doing this. Kid sues parents for kicking them out. Kid was 20. Kid sues parents for being born and wins. So it happened and they won. The one that says uh, the, the girl tried to sue the parents for something. It was... Teen Sue's parents claiming they owe her money for college. Oh my god. Guys, I wish you could see Nate's face cuz it is it is like a disbelief but not like a shock. It's it's totally blank. It's totally fucking blank. Um so in the story, an 18-year-old girl sued her parents cuz they kicked her out of the house claiming that she needs money for for college. So essentially she tried to sue not only for getting kicked out but sue for the amount of money that she needs to pay off her college tuition. Okay. The Superior Court Justice immediately said, We're not fucking doing that. Obviously. So he threw it out. He threw it out. Good on him. But we want to say, obviously, but based on the other searches, stuff like this has happened and it's one. How shitty must you feel as a parent that you gave the kid life? You walked him through everything. You probably did well by him and stuff like that. Because I'm looking at the picture of the girl. It looks like she's doing okay. And then one day she goes, you know what? I'm going to sue you for kicking me out. You did everything for that kid. And they think that's okay. Like, that's okay? So he says, all requests by plaintiff for emergent relief are denied, which was apparently the first news outlet. The judge did set a date for April 22nd for a hearing to consider other issues in the case, such as the legal status. So now... The kid apparently was kicked out of school. She was caught drinking. She had one or two other suspensions. Um, she lost her captaincy on the cheerleading squad and was kicked out of campus ministry. So the fucking girl is a mess anyway. And that's what the judge wanted to hear. He wanted to be like, all right, this is going on. What else is going on? So then that they find out that the girl is a fuck up and wants to turn around and sue the parents. Here's your dad area. This unfortunately happens to you. Eli gets old enough. He's like, I'm fucking suing you guys because you raised me wrong or whatever bullshit that, and obviously I don't wish it on you, but I got to give you the situation because it's the only way this makes sense. After that, win or lose, do you talk to that kid anymore? Or is he like no longer your fucking child?
0: Fuck, that's a tough one, man. I know, I know. Because obviously as parents, we love our kids unconditionally.
1: But- he doesn't love you unconditionally. He loves you conditionally.
0: No, that's right. Well, I think, I think the automatic response would to be go. all right, that's how you want to fucking behave. See ya. You go do what you got to do on your own. You want to sue me for, for whatever reason, whether it be because I, I asked you to move out at the age of fucking 20 as a grown-ass man, or you got upset because you're born and you feel like you got dealt a shitty hand. I'm sorry. Firstly, life ain't easy. Not everybody gets dealt a fucking top-notch hand. Not everybody gets that. So you can't fucking help that either. But, you know, if you're going to act so fucking entitled and you think you can do it better, off you go. Go do it. Because I don't have time for that shit. I spent, let's say, 18, 20 years raising this kid. And then he goes and spits in your face like that. Well, you know, what else do you do? But my question also is then, where did I fail as a parent? Where did I fuck up along that 18 or 20 years that gave him this attitude to think that he can go and do something stupid like this?
1: All right. So it's weird. Prior internet, that didn't happen. So it had to be. And I'm not saying like, look, the kid also knows right or wrong. So they saw it and said, hey, I'm going to fucking do this because maybe they were in like a fit of rage. Right. But like I said last time, the first emotion that you have is never the one that you run with, which means she might have saw it, thought it was a good idea. But then in an hour, she should have had enough common sense to be like, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm retarded. I'm not going to do this. Instead, didn't let that die out. Hired a lawyer, which, by the way, she was also suing for the $12,000 court fee that she had to pay to take her parents to court. So she wanted them to pay that too. So she didn't let it die. Instead, she let it stew, went through the process, hired a lawyer, wrote it up, served the parents papers, showed up on the court date. So it wasn't like, oh man, I'm fucking asshole. I'm sorry, I'm gonna talk to you guys when I calm down. She saw this all the way to fuck through and was gonna see it to trial. But the judge was like, we ain't fucking doing this. This is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It sounds ridiculous to me, dude. I mean, honestly, it's all these, all these issues in her life really sound like a, her problem.
1: Yeah. I guess to answer my own dad area, I think it would drastically change the relationship. I'd still talk to him, right? Like I'd still talk to him probably invite him over for like holidays and stuff. Maybe every once in a while, I'll give him a call, but it would be very stoic until maybe a couple of years pass. And I get a real fucking apology. But until then, that relationship is, is, is really fucking broken. Cause it's exactly what you said. It's a spit in someone's face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even with an apology, I don't know if you can ever really mend that. Like, yeah. I mean, this is somebody that brought you into the world, raised you, loved you unconditionally, and then you turn around and treat them like trash. There is no way you can get that relationship back. It's, it's, it's done. It's done. And you, There's no undoing that. I don't know how you could undo that. I don't know. Jesus Christ.
1: And it was like nonstop because then I was like, I can click on all these and read them. But some of the ones said that the kids won and the one kid in the picture was about eight. So shame on those fucking lawyers because somebody picked up that case. And that was the one where the kid sued because he thought he was being grounded for too long. And now that kid is going to come back to your house because he's seven and can't legally emancipate himself. So now he wins the court case. You have to pay him, which you're not paying him. It's going into a fund until he turns 18 because he can't have that money. Then he's got to walk back in and be like, I fucking told you not to. Like, now you have to live with this person. A self-entitled, like nose up in the air, egotistical, narcissistic prick for however long. In that situation, a bunch of things, how I deal with change. If that kid got beat up at school and we walked in, I'd be like, shouldn't have been talking shit. See you later.
0: Again, the whole, whole dynamic of the household changes. And then, and then what are you meant to do? Like you can't, your hands are essentially tied because anything you do, any, anything that he feels is a misstep on your part, you're back, straight back in court again. And at that point, you know, the, the judge isn't even going to look at what the case is. They're going to look at the previous cases and go, well, you know, this has been in his favor in the past. How are we going to throw this? We'll probably throw it in his favor again.
1: I actually think it's interesting what you said. I even think about that, but like, God damn it. Like you have to be like, man, I must've really fucked up as a parent. Like you must hate me for all the stuff I did. It didn't even matter. Cause when it came down to it, you didn't give a shit. I don't know what's worse. Seeing your kid in court or seeing yourself in the mirror during that period. Like this person does not like you enough or does not respect you enough to take you to court and sue you because you kicked him out of the house at 18, which They're legally like, it's okay. you can do that instead of just being like, hey, can we talk about this? Because I don't think I'm ready to go. I know I got into some trouble, blah, blah, blah. And they pulled the girl's texts because kids are fucking stupid. And the text she sent to the parents prior to this was, I know I got a couple screws loose. I'm really fucking sorry. I just don't know what to do prior to taking them to court. It might not have been about the court thing, but the girl clearly had fucked up shit going on. And I guess they didn't think lawyers were going to look for that. Of course, they're going to look for that. That's what they do. And look, OK, let's let's take this back to the beginning of this rabbit hole as
0: well. Let's look at this PS, PS5 um, PC situation, right?
1: Do my blood boil because that parent thinks that's OK.
0: Yeah. Well, why would you go and replace a PS5 that they've gone and destroyed in a fucking
1: rage? And that's where she thinks she's standing her ground. Remember, that's the part.
0: But no, you're totally fucking rolling over and giving up your
1: hand. Yes, we know that. She wrote it as, do I stand my ground and just buy him another one? Or do I, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? What are you talking about? Your kids cannot run your house. You can talk to your kids about how things are done. Oh, dad, uh, it's not fair. I'm not making any money. Cool. Let's talk about some chores. I'll pay you to do that shit. You you can compromise with your children, but at some point there's no compromise. You have now allowed this kid to run your fucking house to the point where you think holding your ground is buying another, what, $1,100 thing, knowing he might fucking break it again. And that's considered holding your ground.
0: No, I'd be turning around and going, fuck your PS5, here's a deck of cards,
1: play 52 card pickup, enjoy. I get that bitch a pong system and be like, that's what you're getting for the next fucking five years. You ungrateful fuck. And by the way, technically all I got to do is feed you. Doesn't say I got to feed you well. So you're going to get beans and rice every fucking night. You don't like it. Get a job. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. What
0: a, what a cool hole to go down to to start this one off.
1: Yeah. However, you're going to hit us with some goodness, right? So tell the people about what we're doing today especially for people like me and you, because you said that your relationship with your dad is meh. I don't have one at all. So what you're about to talk about plays very heavily on me because I was raised essentially by these people and taught how to be like a man from these people. So go ahead, fucking kick us off.
0: Yeah, well, I thought it would be cool to talk about TV dads because obviously you look you look through TV, it's, it's always been the, the normal trope of the bumbling idiot dad. You know, not talking about you, Ryan's world, but, you know, it's it, it seems to be that the dad in these TV shows is always an idiot or can't look after his kids. And, of course, it's accompanied with the typical laugh track and all that sort of thing. But this is where I wanted to bring up Bluey, right? Because Bluey, I don't know if you've seen it. I think Hunter's around that age still where he might be watching it.
1: He has not watched it. My friend Tom and his kid do, and my friend Tom says he loves the dad. Like in the show, we said the dad is really down to earth. Like it's a show where dad parents or parents can be like, I get that. I get that. But I don't know anything about it. So you have to educate me on this shit.
0: All right. So for those that haven't seen the show and for Judge, basically the family, the healer family is a family of four. You got two girls, Bluey and Bingo. Bluey's a blue healer. Bingo's a red healer. And then the mum and dad is Bandit and Chili. Bandit's a blue healer, Chili's a red healer. So that's where all that comes from. Now, this show was created because the guy that created it was watching Peppa Pig, and he was just so tired of the, the bullshit that is Peppa Pig. And so he's decided to essentially take that same formula of two kids and a couple of parents and created this family, the healer family, right? And what I love about it is it's like completely opposite to what Peppa Pig is. There's none of this bullshit of whining. The dad's not this big, bumbling, idiot dad. The mum's not an enabler. You know, like it's it's just all-round wholesome fun. Now, Bandit is one of these dads where he's a stay-at-home dad. So the mum, Chili, she goes out and works. I believe, or I remember rightly, she's an archaeologist.
1: Nice. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. Cause it's not just mom goes to work. Like they actually know what the job is. That's pretty dope.
0: And then, and of course, Bandit's a stay at home dad with Bluey and Bingo. And so he does a lot of stuff with the kids and, and a lot of the time he's playing with them and, and every episode obviously has like a little lesson in it as well. Now, um, I mean, we, Christine and I, we love watching Bluey with Eli cause it's just one of those shows. that's good for the whole family. It's an episode of about 10 minutes long. So it's not like it's it takes a whole heap of time out of your day. And it is that fucking wholesome that you end up as a parent feeling guilty because Bandit and Chili in the show just parent on such a fucking level that you're like, oh, I want I aspire to be these people, you know? All right. So wait, but didn't you put up something
1: that says that he's being criticized or something?
0: Yeah, so I put that up today in the Not-So-Secret Dad's Business group on Facebook. So a couple of people, I believe, it came across to me this way, you know, university types. Oh, boy. You know how we all know how they are. Everything needs to be fucking cancelled and this, that, and the other. So the, the headline of this article is, everyone loves Bandit from Bluey. Is he a lovable larrikin or is he just a bad dad?
1: Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay.
0: Yeah, so
1: I see where this is going.
0: It's it's bullshit. It's it's this article is the perfect example of cherry picking. It really is. So Bandit, believe it or not, was even awarded a Father of the Year award in 2019. Yeah,
1: it's fucking awesome. A
0: cartoon character was awarded Father of the Year, you know, but he's engaged in his daughter's lives and he's been hailed as a watershed moment in children's TV. Now, what these people are saying is that um, although he, he works in, like, pretend play and improvisation and, and all this sort of thing, they're saying that Bandit is more of like an oafish larrikin, right? So where they've picked this up from is, is say, there's, an, uh, there's a particular episode where Bluey and Bingo are trying to beat Bandit in an obstacle course, now, obviously, as dads, we don't like losing. You know, it's that, that little ego thing. And so Bandit, this whole time, was cheating in order to beat the girls, right? And he, he'd be tripping them up or, or whatever. So they've taken that and gone, well, look, he's, he's, he doesn't care about whether his kids win or not. He's, he's just focused
1: on winning. So now their problem is that it's not like your typical portrayal of, like, After-school special dad, like the dad might have a flaw or two.
0: He 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 does have a flaw or two, but it's not again. He's not your typical TV dad, you know. What the
1: fuck is the problem? And I think
0: as as a dad, we've all got our flaws anyway. You know, we've all got our flaws. Oh, here's here's the other thing, right? So Bandit has a younger brother, Stripe. He'd beaten his brother, and he'd made some sort of taunt, saying, "Well, big brothers always beat the little brothers." bluey had seen that and so playing with bingo she's taken that and gone yeah but big sisters always beat the little sisters you know so again it's it's a stupid read if you want to go have a look it's i I posted it in the group on facebook but it's it's just basically these two people cherry picking these couple of little instances throughout three seasons of the show and trying to say he's a bad dad right now With TV, I don't think there is such a thing as a good dad or a bad dad per se, but there is such a thing as a good portrayal and a bad portrayal.
1: I don't know. I think there are a bunch of good dads in terms of like the kind that at least I wanted. Oh, absolutely. Like they're not all bad. Ironically enough, when I saw the Kevin Smith movie, Red State. So John Goodman is in Red State. Now, I love John Goodman and Roseanne. That was the dad I wanted. He was fucking tough as nails when he needed to be, but he was also sympathetic. When someone said that from the audience, he said something like, I don't get it because I was drunk every day on that show or something like that. Like, like he made everyone laugh, but like, like him, Carl Winslow from family matters. He was such a good dad. Like again, kind of old fish or whatever, but like, I have no problem when a dad is an actual older dude, like he's an older dude. He don't run so fast anymore. Everything hurts. That's a real portrayal. Why does it have to be like the picture perfect dad in order to be a great dad? Like Danny fucking Tanner, what a fucking great dad, dude. And God rest his soul, his comedy was some of the rawest comedy I ever heard. That dude was a killer on stage. But the character that Bob Saget played in the show, like again, tough when he needed to be kind of goofy, but like, what's the problem with that? Like they don't have to be perfect in order to be a good dad as a matter of fact dads that learn as they go and don't have all the answers i think are more respectable than ones that act like they have all the answers when they don't
0: yeah i agree with you there and and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that there's no good but no good dads on tv but what bothers me is the way the the networks portray these dads right so like one I brought up with you the other day was was uh Tim Taylor from Home Improvement. Now everybody loves Tim Allen. I mean, he's he's been a staple in my life, I know for a fact, since I was a kid. Like I loved watching Home Improvement. Now, this guy was meant to be a hardware uh, expert, right?
1: Yeah, because that came from his stand up, right? Like that that the whole persona.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And so again, I'm not I'm not knocking Tim Allen's writing either but what I took away from it was that he's meant to he's obviously worked construction because he knows how to use all these tools he's got his own tool time show you know he's a father of three boys typical American family but he was always just blowing shit up or something was going wrong like firstly how is he having these projects fall apart on him yet still be so fucking successful that's my first question but secondly even throughout the show as much as his three boys loved him they did never took him seriously sort sort of saw him as pathetic because he was this bumbling idiot so again i've i felt that he was a good dad he was there teaching his kids different schools and and all this sort of thing but where's the line why like why does a dad have to be portrayed as this Silly goofus all the time.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Brian Regan did a skit about men in general, or like husbands in general, in commercials, and how there's um a double standard because he's like, why is it that like men in commercials are always portrayed like they have no idea what they're doing? Now Brian Regan works completely. I think it's called Green. He doesn't curse at all. I'm gonna fill it, of course, with curses because that's just how I do things. He was like. The wife is in the front going, My husband is so stupid. And he's like in the back, tangled up in the telephone cord, there's nowhere to go. That's okay. That's hilarious. Everyone loves that. Can you imagine the, the uproar if the husband was standing there, turns around, My wife is so stupid. And they let that rock on air? Why is that okay? And you're right. Like they always have to be a certain amount of dumb, like blatantly dumb in order to be acceptable. Because Carl Winslow was like that, right? I think Danny Tanner's goofiness was how they played that up. But Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Uncle Phil was a beast. Uncle Phil was a beast, dude. Do you remember the episode where Will gets hustled playing pool? And Uncle <laughs> yo, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Jeffrey, Phil. break out Lucille. <laughs> Lucille, oh my God, dude, like he... He plays what the first like four games and he's like, let's do like a hundred dollars or $500 a ball. And as soon as the guy says, yes, he completely changes. But when will started celebrating at the end, he still put him in his place. Like he didn't walk out and celebrate with him. Cause you don't want your kid to see that. Like your parent should not pull you out of a problem that you put yourself into. They can make it a teachable moment, but uncle Phil did that shit. All Yo, know, Phil banks was that dude. He was like, he always took care of business, but I don't know if he had a goofy thing outside of just being like like a nerdy dad who sometimes got really excited over like goofy stuff. But I don't think he was portrayed ever as that, you know, oafy, dumpy, you know.
0: No, but again, I think that's because he was portrayed as an uncle and not as a dad, you see.
1: Uh, he was, but he was a dad in that show because, you know, he had Carlton oh, and stuff yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad you brought that one up because, again, I'd always seen... Phil, Phil Banks is like an uncle. So I didn't even put that together. I mean, he's, he's the kind of dad I want to be as well anyway, because the fact that no matter how much he didn't want Will there in the beginning, like he, he embraced the situation. He embraced Will as his own and just helped raise Will. I think another big moment in that show where that really stands out is where uh, Will's dad has come to, to visit him and they're going to go somewhere or whatever and then his dad bails on him.
1: Oh, and that last scene that was improvised? there's yeah, like, why doesn't he want me, man? Because it actually happened to Will? Yeah, because that part wasn't planned.
0: Like, that fucking makes me cry
1: every fucking time. Every time. Every time. i watch that and I ugly cry. If I even watch the clip, not even the whole show, if I just watch the clip, it's over. Yeah,
0: that's it, but... That moment where Phil just sort of brings him in and bear hugs him, you
1: know, like, which again, not part of the script. All that was done right there because obviously Will was pulling from real life experience, which he has said a ton of times. And that was his real breakdown, which is just so dope. It's so dope. Then there's other dads that I didn't like as dads, but became like famous dads, like Homer Simpson, He's got like a couple shining moments where like you put up the thing like do it for her and it's like a thing, but like he's he's a of shit, he's a of shit, dude. Him, Al Bundy, I loved Married with Children, loved it, but they were intentionally supposed to all be a mess, all be a mess. And again, it was fun show to watch, but I always had that residual like God, I would never. It was like cringy. I liked it to watch it, hope it never happens to me.
0: Absolutely. And that, I think that's one show where they could kind of get away with that portrayal, because like you say, the whole idea of the show was that they were like a, a trash bad family, really. Like none of them had their priorities straight. None of them had their heads screwed on.
1: Again, h- hilarious show, but hilarious because of how messed up they were.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, another one that that drives me nuts as well. And this is, I think this is an exa- another good example of a good father, but a terrible fucking portrayal of fatherhood. And that's Phil Dunphy from Modern Family,
1: right? See, I've never... Okay, I've never... I know, I know ironically enough, Ed O'Neill is in that show as the grandfather? Yes. Okay. And I saw a clip where he had a really cool moment talking about his dad. That one fucking made me cry. Dude, everything that has to do with dad's made me cry. A, mine sucked. And B, I love him. He's on the list that I looked at for, like, famous dads. Like, what's his deal? Because I've never seen that. I know Sophia Vergara is, like, 72, and she's drop-dead gorgeous. And I know that Al Bundy plays an awesome role in that, but I don't know anything about the actual dad.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so Jay, which is Ed O'Neill's character, he, he does play the grandfather character, obviously, but he's still a dad as well. And it's really interesting watching him in that show because he's like this hard ass that doesn't really show affection. Like he loves his kids, but he's not a huggy-wuggy type dad and and that sort of thing. And he teaches through tough love.
1: Yes. And based on the story he tells about his dad, his dad was the same way. Nails. Tough as nails. And that was like kind of his thing too. So that's, of course, what he carried on.
0: Yeah. And so you've got Ed O'Neill's character, Jay, as that sort of tough-as-nails dad. And then you've got Phil Dunphy, who is sort of like, I guess you could almost say a millennial dad. You know, like he's more in touch with his emotions and he's, he's a more of a gentle dad, but he's also a bit of a goofball too. Like he just, if, if it's a simple task, he can screw it up.
1: It fills that trope. It fills that trope. It seems like that's the easy one to go to, when a studio needs a flaw for a dad, he's a dope in one way or another. He trips over everything, but whatever, like that's like the go-to because it's fun.
0: But what I love about that show and the dynamic of it is that that Jay will sort of look at Phil as if, to, you go, know, what are you doing in your Fruit Loop? But he doesn't judge him. He's like, look, you could do this a lot better. Now, I know my dad didn't raise me like you're raising your kids and this sort of thing, but this is what I think you really need to be taking away from this. Just take it from one older dad to another dad that I think you've got this a little bit skewed, man. And so again, there's always that teachable moment in there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I'm going to save this one and then we're going to discuss it because I relate to it just from an occupational thing and how quickly things can go South. Walter White from Breaking Bad. I'm stuck because dude, Gets cancer. Teacher insurance won't pay for that, which I know. Uh, I actually have good teacher insurance, but I understand what insurance says that they won't cover. So he goes into cooking meth. Everybody knows I'm not. It's a no spoiler alert shows me now for fucking 20 years. And it was just to make sure that his kids were taken care of when he died. Cause it wasn't an if thing at that point, it was a when thing. And he hid it from everybody, but it's not like he's hiding it for no reason. He can't just be like, hey, guys, by the way, I cook meth. Don't say anything. I'm also dying of cancer. Like, you can't do all that. And that's why I said I'm I'm stuck, right? Because I would do the same thing. If it came down to me leaving something for him, I would do that by any means necessary. Because at that point, he's like, I'm dying of cancer. Got to do something or else the kids are going to have no money. Listen, by any means necessary, without indicting and actually putting actual things out there, he would be left something without a doubt. But then, but then the show turns into like, you know, the fantastic, then there's done play and they're jumping off trains, and like all kinds of stuff. But dad-wise, in the beginning, dude, I'm with that. Even up to the decision to cook meth, dude, I'm with that. I'm absolutely with that. Because a dad's job, at least in my opinion, I know that like a family's job is everyone. I get that, but in my opinion, When you leave, you make sure you leave a better world, a better environment, a better situation for your son, for your daughter, whoever, and you make sure people are taken care of. You don't do that, in my opinion, you're a bum. You're a fucking bum.
0: Look, I and again, I don't know if I'd go cooking meth per se. I don't know whether I'd take it that far, but I do totally agree with you. Where I would do absolutely anything, absolutely anything, in order to make sure that my family and my kids are provided for. Because if I'm not there and I'm not working, I can't do that anymore. If I'm dead, I'm just pushing up daisies. But I, I think what he did was admirable to, to that point where he didn't give a fuck what the consequences were. He was just going to look after his family. And I think that's, that's the way to fucking go. I don't think there's any other way you can go. Like, what, what do you do? Just accept bait and go, oh, I'm going to die and sit there and fucking mope? Like you've got to,
1: you've got to do something. That's what I mean. And then I think they pushed that fatherhood with him trying to take care of Jesse all the time. Because at that point, I think at one point in the show, the kids don't like the dad or they didn't or so, I don't know. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Like that was four girlfriends and a wife ago. So like, I don't remember clearly, but like, you can't just wilt away and let the money go because in my opinion, at that point to save something, you do it yourself and I'm dead ass about that. No hesitation. If it's like, hey, this is going to run you this much money. It has to come from somewhere. It's going to come from A, B, and C. You ain't going to see me in the morning. No way. No, because I'm not letting that rock. I'm I'm going anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm going anyway. So at that point, go skydive. Go swim with sharks. At that point, do whatever, because they will say, no, no, no. Keep doing it. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. I don't know if I can let that go, knowing that there's an end. Like, some that you get, they're just trying to make you comfortable. That's it. There's right shit you're going to be able to do about it. So if it's between me being comfortable and miserable, like, let's face it, fucking miserable. Comfortable in that situation is only so goddamn comfortable. And now, nah, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out like a G, too. Like, I do something crazy.
0: And, again, I don't know where it crosses the line as well because I understand where he was coming from. He's not going to tell his family that he's dying and he's cooking meth and all this other shit. And as much as he's trying to look after his family, at the same time, he's slowly destroying it because, you know, his wife, Skylar, is like, where the fuck are you all the time? Why aren't you here with your family? Why aren't you doing this? Doing?" He's dodging his DEA brother-in-law. You know, like, again... What a great storyline. A guy has cancer, decides to cook meth. His brother-in-law is on the DEA and, and his son's autistic. Like, there are just so... Oh, and, and and then, of course, the stay-at-home mother being his wife. Like, there's just so many fucking elements there that made that an interesting show.
1: It was so awesome, though, where they're standing there with that big pile of money. And he's like, you can't launder it? She's like, I can't. Like, we have too much money. I cannot say that we met like there's no way to put this on books that we made this much money. It just has to sit in the storage space. Like I cannot cover this. I can't. I can't cover it. I was like that's fucking awesome.
0: But speaking of Brian Cranston, yes. I think another good role that he did was Hal in, in Malcolm of in the Middle. Yes. That's right. You know, and and I think that's it's it's kind of interesting because he plays a very similar role in both sh- both shows, you know but completely different ends of the spectrum in a way. So on one hand, you've got this guy that is is dying and he knows he needs to find money for his family somehow, and so starts cooking meth. On the other hand, you've got Hal, who is a dad, the head of a, a lower-class work, or working-class family who are batshit crazy, dysfunctional as hell, but is somehow still the guy that holds it all together. You know, his wife is a rageaholic and completely dysfunctional and just flips a lid at the the slightest thing. That being said, if I had uh, three boys like like, uh, the three they have, I think I'd be the same. But Hal always seems to come through in the end as like the voice of reason. And although he is still that stupid bumbling dad, he always has that teachable moment for the kids. You know, one that stands out to me is when he was going to teach Malcolm how to how to skate, you know, and he's like, he tapes these paper wheels to his shoes. And he's like, but Dad, I thought I was going to skate. And he's like, yeah, but until you understand the fundamentals, we're not moving on to the next step. Like, if we're going to do something, let's do it properly, you know. And that, so I think Brian Cranston, man, he's just one of those guys that, he could just fit into almost any role and just nile it.
1: Well, years ago, there was rumors that they were going to peg him for Lex Luthor. I was in. I was fucking in. Him as Lex Luthor? I'm in. And then they decided to go it because it was him or Denzel. I was like, both of those guys are scary as shit. Like, I'm with it. But I think the final call was they wanted to portray him as the younger one with, like, you know, the converse on crazy with the long hair and shit. And... I never judge anybody before they play something. I'm I'm hesitant. And I was like, all right, so Jesse Eisenberg, like I get it. Like, dude's done a bunch of movies. I think I know what they're going for. Didn't really care for the portrayal. Like his portrayal. I saw what they tried to do, didn't really match up. Um, but yeah, dude, him is like, so can you imagine that shit? That would be amazing. That's a scary motherfucker. That's like that's like that's like Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Anthony Hopkins put up a picture of him with a, uh, a kitten smiling. I'm still scared of Anthony Hopkins. That motherfucker is petrifying. Like, F- Science of the lambs did a number on me. He did a number on me more than Buffalo Bill did. Like, it's just like it was just like to be to know that much about everything. That's a scary dude. That's scary shit, man. It
0: was it was that moment when Jodie Foster walked in and he was like, "Hello, Clarice," and I was like, "Ooh,
1: yep," and started telling her stuff about her. And like, oh, you wear that cologne because your mom and blah 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 didn't know shit about her. But he's a doctor, so like, of course he's got like, dude, man, that shit was that shit was so good.
0: Yeah, but again, I like it's funny. Until I saw Breaking Bad, I never saw Bryan Cranston as like a scary dude, you know? Yeah,
1: I know. But then you remember like they're actors, right? Like They have range. It's just a lot of people are typecast sometimes. But sometimes when they come out of that typecast, you get Heath Ledger's Joker. Remember the uproar about that shit? Oh, this is bullshit. And he he again, we all know committed himself so much to the role, he took his own life because, because he couldn't break out of being a Joker. It's just like let people act. Like you know that's what they do. So give people a chance. If you don't like it afterwards, you don't like it. Like I said to give Jared Leto a chance, even though I didn't like the tattoos and I like Jared Leto. I think he's a good actor. Didn't like his portrayal. Saw what they were going for like the crazy kingpin side of the Joker. Um, didn't like it. But when I saw the Snyder cut and the apocalypse scene at the end and he took off that stupid voice and none of the tattoos are there. I'm like, that's the Joker we should. Get.
0: To be honest, I haven't seen Suicide Squad at all. The Snyder Cut or the original. I haven't seen it
1: because... No, the Snyder Cut one was for Justice League. The Suicide Squad movie even was sold a little bit different when it first came out. Um, and then they hokeyed it up.
0: Yeah, I just... I, I, saw, I saw Leto's portrayal on the trailers and all that sort of thing. And I was like, I can't get on with this one.
1: Well, you know what, dude? You take a chance, right?
0: Oh, that's it. I guess you've, you've got to try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But
1: shit happens. That's it, man. So what do you got left? So what do you got on the, on the, Oh, uh, by the way, congratulations on your wedding. I watched it on zoom. That shit was hilarious. Dude. Thank you, man. That was awesome. I do like, I told Sarah that before the vows, you guys were allowed to ask three questions. That shit was great. Cause two were, were super silly and I loved it. But the, but, but the last one on both of them were really fucking heartfelt. Like that shit was really nice, dude. Really nice. It, it was, it was, it was traditionally non-traditional. And I thought that was cool, man. I thought it was cool. I just enjoyed the whole vibe of it, especially because I and people listening know your experience from your first wedding. I wish there was videotaping at you.
0: I know. Right. I know. I wish there was of that nightmare. In fact, I think there might be somewhere. I, I, I think I might be able to track that down, but yeah, no, dude, that, that wedding was like, I think to, it was perfect for us. We, We wanted something laid back, not so cliched. Nailed it. You know, and and Alison the celebrant was awesome. Like she came up with all the the ideas, questions and the rock, paper, scissors. That was all her, man. That
1: was great. That was great. Yeah.
0: And the fact that we came up, you know, tied all three times. And she's like, okay, screw this. We're going to be here all day otherwise. But yeah, look, man. Like the fact that you decided to sit up till half past midnight to watch it, dude. I was I was over the fucking moon. So I appreciate that.
1: Of course, that was a big deal. Um, seeing as we are a dad podcast, I'm dealing with a sleepy pib right now. Pib, say hi. How you doing, buddy? No, I mean, say it so the fans can hear you. Hi. hi. Um, I am going to. Right, that's it. Right, we hit an hour. We hit an hour roughly. Yeah. Uh, we're we're
0: just about there anyway, man. We could, we could sign it up early. That's fine.
1: Have to, because there's a whole routine before we got to go to bed. And he didn't go to bed without it. And I think it's awesome. So, like, what a way to put an end to a dad show than to tell you I'm leaving to go do dad stuff.
0: Oh, right, well, on that note, guys, thanks for tuning in again this week uh remember rate and review the show please just so we can get this out to other dads yeah don't forget that shit it's simple shit it'll take you 10 seconds to do just click the button even if you don't want to review just hit five stars even if you hit one star because you think we're shit you're still helping us out and on that note judge i'm gonna leave you to go do your dad stuff i'm gonna do the same we're going out to go see uh jurassic world dominion today
1: nice dude nice gotta tell me how it was
0: yeah, so uh, I'll keep you keep you in the loop there. But dude, thank you for for being with me again. As always, I love having a chat with you, dude. This is my therapy, as it is yours. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. All right, everybody, peace. Thanks for listening to the show. You can follow the podcast as well on social media at Not So Secret Dad's Business or on our website, NotSoSecretDad'sBusiness.com. com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review the show. It helps more than you realise. Until next time, guys, be the best dad you can be.